0: I don't believe this. Came in off the tree and just look at this. Well, oh, that is unbelievable. I haven't seen that in such a long time. to another episode of the bogey or better podcast i'm cameron and normally we're joined by dylan uh, my co-host but uh, it's just going to be me today Uh, dylan's got some things going uh today so he'll be back with us next maybe next week um but yep riding solo with me today it is pi day we're recording uh, uh march 14th so happy pi day even though you'll be hearing this on the 15th figure to throw it out there Uh, just got back, it's later in the evening, we got back from our round, uh, since Dylan's not here, I get to just tell you my story, and my version of it. We did another setup between me and Adam, versus Tony and Dylan. Now, if you've been listening to our podcast, you will know that we've played a good set of matches, um, best ball, and... It was best of three. Dylan and Tony won the first one, and then me and Adam won the next two. So, they paid for a hibachi dinner for us. It was fantastic. Um, So, for this time, we kept the same teams, but we went with a different format. We went alternate shot. So, we all take, take a shot off the tee. Whoever's we take, the other person has to hit. So, and honestly, on paper, it really didn't seem that different. Um, but the first couple holes were weird, uh, not hitting. You know, after a good drive, having it was very a loss. It was a loss of control. You uh, I mean when Dylan comes back, we can see how he felt about it. But for me, it was it was different putting the shot just in one person's hands. Um. When we played the scramble format, it was pretty close each time. And, you know, it it kind of, we felt, me and Dylan definitely felt the control as the better golfers in the pairings. But in alternate shot format, it's a little different because sometimes it may be more beneficial to use the drive of Tony or Adam so that we can hit the approach shot. It didn't really work out that way. Most of the time we used my off the tee shot. But Adam really put in the work. The alternate shot format really put a lot of pressure on Tony and Adam because you know, there was no bailing out by us hitting a you know, a shot with them. It wasn't best ball. We had to play from wherever they hit. So it put a lot of pressure on them. But Adam really put in the work. I mean, he was sending me videos. We were working on a lot of stuff. And, you know, it wasn't perfect, but I really didn't play well either. Um, It is tough to get in a groove when you only, like, hit a drive. Then someone else hits the iron shot. And then you chip or you putt. And then you move on to the next hole. And then you hit a drive. Then they hit an iron. Like, I have all new clubs. Today was my first round with my brand new clubs. And I maybe hit my irons like three times. It was weird, but it was fun. I mean, well, I never said. Me and Adam won the first round. We scored eleven points to their five, so we won by six. And it was not there was not a lot of like tying. Clearly, there was sixteen points had, eighteen holes. We only tied two holes. It was pretty back and forth. Uh, after the 9 we were only up 1 and we tied the 10th f- hole and then 11 12 13 and 14 we went on a four four-win streak and we we won it by then we were up by up by 5 with four holes left so uh, we got to play the last four holes kind of fun and loose so that was enjoyable but being able to play all maltby clubs now And there's no reason to pay for Titleist and TaylorMades. I mean, I just... Now that I have them myself and got to experience playing them, I just... I will never... There'd be no reason. For example, I have the Maltby KE4 driver, and I hit one drive specifically... Uh, well, let's go back. I believe it's hole 13 or 14. It's a long par 5. It's trees on the left, kind of open on the right-ish. But you basically need to, I mean, there's not a ton of room to play around with. And I hit this drive, you know, a little pull cut. I was fine with that. And it landed far. I mean, it was far. So Dylan goes, hits square center of the face, tight draw, Now, his land's, like, 70 yards behind mine. And, I mean, Dylan's not a short driver by any means, but having the correct shaft for my swing speed clearly makes a huge difference because the club head does not lag behind when I'm really trying to crank on the driver. And it really was proven, I mean... When we get Dylan back, he can attest to it and talk about, you know, the differences that made. Um, But then the next hole, you know, Adam tops one, but it rolls forever. Sticks it right in the middle of the fairway. And then I just aim the left tree line and I play a nice little cut. And I roll past the pin on the left side of the fringe. And so the pin was about 340. And I hit it two yards further. So I hit a 342-yard drive. It was left of the green. I couldn't believe it. We kept driving because we were trying to find it. And I found it perched up. I mean, center of the green line, left of it. And the pin was like in the front. So I drove where the pin was. Now, I don't know if I could ever do that again. And I didn't see it bounce. It could have had hit something hard and had a nice forward bounce. But I felt so bad because it's been, those were two holes back to back where I hit over 320 yard drives and the people in front of us, like they were, it was a par five. They were up by the 150 marker. And so I felt, all right, I can hit my driver. I'm, you know, if I crank it, I'll probably land like 50 yards behind them. No, I landed like at the 200 and, you know, past 200 yard marker and it kicked forward. I was like rolled right behind them. And they were so nice about it. I was like, I felt so bad. You know, I, I hate when people hit up on me. I didn't even, I couldn't tell, you know, that's far away. But then the next hole, they're on the green. And I'm like, okay, I can hit. And I hit like past the green on the left. They're like on the green and see my ball roll up. And back there, I couldn't see it land. I, you know, I couldn't see it roll, so I had no idea. And I get back and I was so apologetic but I couldn't believe it, too. Like, I was so excited. But they were awesome. They were, like, you know, they couldn't believe it either. They thought it was super cool. So they were really good people to play behind. Because I was I was loving that driver. But that's the thing. Right? I mean, that driver kind of looks like a ping driver. A little bit different. It's got the look of a ping driver and the PXG, like, two-piece driver like put them together that's what you'll get in a malt ke4 and it sounds wonderful but i feel like the most important thing now that i've seen the difference is the correct shaft in your irons and in your woods hybrids and driver you could have the best clubs in the game head wise but if you don't have the correct shaft for your swing you're gonna constantly be fighting it for example, with that driver, I was playing a stiff shaft, older Titleist driver, before I got this one. Now, the head was a lot older, so it's most likely not as forgiving as the one I have now, but I could never swing as hard as I did with this driver because it was a stiff shaft. And every time I would swing, I'd have to almost like feel like I was really not swinging hard because naturally I, with the driver especially, but naturally I swing hard enough for a extra stiff shaft. So the club head would get too far behind or it would kick too far forward. So it would like either hook left or it was really difficult not to slice because the club face was always open. No matter what, it was just too flexible for how fast I was swinging it. So now having the extra stiff shaft, I mean, I just went for it. For example, to the five wood, I still haven't hit my three wood yet. It's still like got the cover on it and everything. But the 5-wood, 18 degrees, and I'm just cranking it. You know, I, it's crazy. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is just impressive for me. I mean, I haven't, I haven't bought clubs before. These are my first, new, like, this is my first set of clubs I've purchased. Everything's been hand-me-down, so they've been older, which is fine. That's how most people play. But finally, when I invested into my golf game, you know, I didn't go with the top competitor. I didn't go... You know, I almost went with Cobra. But after testing these out, I was like, there's no reason to. And now getting able to play around, me and Dylan both said, there is... Obviously, I'm sure Titleist and Taylor Made Cobra, they have the latest advancements, the latest metals and speed bridges, and, you know, they have advantages. But... I don't feel, and Dylan's the same way, we don't feel that the those little advantages that you get are worth the extra three, four hundred dollars that you would pay for that driver. I had plenty enough forgiveness, MOI, plenty of forgiveness. and what you save on the driver head you can put into a nice shaft. I mean, I have a very nice, hazardous, extra stiff shaft, great super stroke grip, and it was still like $288, and the shaft is like $130. When you spend so much for the TSI 2 or 3 or, you know, the SIM 2 or, you know, the Epic line or even the Ping, like 425s, you're going to be spending upwards of four $500 at least, almost 600 sometimes, on the head and a stock plane shaft and plane grip. You know, if you customize things like that, you got to pay more. And so add another $100 or so just in, you know, the shaft to get a good shaft. So you're paying, like, double the price for maybe, maybe an extra couple yards, and maybe a little tighter dispersion. A little. For me, I'd rather play, I see this driver head gives me everything I need, and I can put more money in the shaft, which tightens up the dispersion and increases the forgiveness. That's where I think it's most important. Because I felt confident to swing swing away and And I saved all this money. I will personally never go back to the big brands. I play my Scotty Cameron putter, and I'm very happy with that, and I'll never get rid of that because it was quite an investment. But up past that, wedges all the way up to driver will be full Maltby. And I'm a big believer in that there's not one brand that satisfies every need for every club. But at the price point of all of this, there's no reason. Unless for vanity's sake, which I get. Believe me, I get. But they look so good, too. That's the thing. Like It's not that they have great performance, but they're not pleasing to the eye. They all look really nice. So give them a chance. Golfworks, give them a chance. Check out the Maltby Club line. I got a little something for everybody. The TPC uh, just ended. We we I unfortunately didn't get to watch any really today because our tee time was at like one thirty, so we were you know practicing on the range when they were starting. But got to look back on you know the finish. It was it was cool to see Lee Westwood and and Bryson DeChambeau uh, paired up again at the end like they were at Bay Hill. I think Lee Westwood is showing his skill that he's been showing on the European tour for a long time. And we just, you know, uh, just solely on the PGA tour, we don't see it as often. But today, and we'll have to have Adam and Tony on to talk about it, but it kind of felt like the Bryson experience when I was really just hitting that driver clean and putting it out there 50 yards further, you know, and Dylan's a great driver. It was just, you know, I was just able to hit it clean, and it just happened to work out for me today. But it felt like the bracing experience we were having because both in the fairway, Tony has to hit Dylan's second shot from, like, at least 200 yards away. But then Adam has to hit, you know, a 150-yard shot to be on the green in two. So, you know, it's just a lot easier when that's the case. So I can see Bryson's viewpoint, you know, specifically. (laughs) Uh, You could, if you can control the driver, it makes the game easier. But then on the other hand, you can't hit, if you can't hit your irons, then still, still doesn't matter. Bryson has become one of the best drivers on tour and top three putting in the world. His iron play is still, you know, top ten. His worst, I guess you could say, is his wedge game. And it's not all his fault because he plays those one-length clubs, so the shorter irons are going to be just a little more difficult to be able to knock in distance-wise. But he's turning into... He's turned it into one of the greatest to change golf. He's changing golf. Speed training has never been as popular as it is now. When Tiger came and changed golf with his swing speed, we he, he, nobody changed with him in the beginning, if that makes sense. That's why he was just destroying everybody. Nobody changed with him. But it seems like when Bryson started this, we started seeing more guys on tour see the the ability to make the game easier by being 50 yards further than your competitors, which it clearly is. If you can hit... If you're on, you know, let's say a par 4, not even, I mean, for example, the par 5s, they can... If they can get a hold of one and put it and be, you know, what did Bryson say? Driver nine? He kept saying on one par five, hit a driver and then a nine iron on the green. It's crazy. And now there's companies that sell all kinds of speed trainers and to increase speed. So what what's best for each person? You know, Bryson will tell you, though, that the speed training only matters if you can hit the center of the club face and you can control it. You can hit it as hard as you want, but if your club face is open, it does not matter. You're better off swinging a lot slower putting it in the center of the fairway. What makes him amazing is that he's doing all that and keeping it relatively in the fairway. And then when he's you know in the rough, he has the strength to still hit you know a low iron and force it onto the green. There's not many people that can do that. Rory McElroy could probably keep up with Bryson relatively in driving distance, but when it comes to hitting out of the rough, like Wingfoot or Bay Hill and TPC, that's where Bryson has the advantage. He has the largest advantage from that. But our life would be much easier playing from the fairway. So, hopefully next week we'll have Dylan on. If not, maybe we can get uh, Adam and Tony on and talk about uh, what they did, how they practiced, because both players greatly improved. Adam and Tony both improved a lot. And um, so it'll be nice to see, you know, Dylan and I have taken on kind of the coach mentality and trying to help them because we appreciate as they get better. It makes us happy, and it's more enjoyable for them. And so hopefully we'll, we'll get into that. We've got, I believe, the Honda Classic is coming up to end the Florida run. We've had a lot of good golf televised, a lot of great congrats to Justin Thomas, uh, getting the win. It's nice to see him on top of the winner's circle. Been a been a little while for Justin Thomas. There is some good golf going on right now, getting ready for the Masters. So hopefully Brooks Kepka can get his knee together. Bryson can keep his run going. We might see some of the some of the best golf we've seen coming up. And uh I'm clearly looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. So look forward to uh talking uh, to you next week uh, check us out on our instagram at BogearBetterPodcast better podcast and our twitter as well and snapchat too you can find us there and uh, reach out to us hopefully um we can do another mailbag uh, episode coming up soon so keep those questions in we'll save them up and uh and run through those and uh, we'll talk to you next week have a good one guys <music>